All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the fifth chapter of Second Kings. Uh, today, we are going to talk about deliverance, and uh, this subject is a very, I guess, controversial subject in um, so many church circles today, uh, because there's been so much counterfeit, I imagine, and uh, also they have uh, been so many people, I imagine, that has been hurt by the counterfeits and so uh, what we're going to try to do is cover some things uh, so that the Lord will help us to understand these things one of the things uh, we want to make clear before we get started even is that uh, people know uh, when they need to be delivered most people uh, I grew up watching people smoke I grew up around you know when I was growing up it was very common for people to smoke and uh, I never knew a person personally that smoked that really wanted to. Uh, most people, you know, it, it might start off as a thing that's good to them. Uh, it, it may start off as something that's cool or whatever it is that get them started doing that. Uh, but, you know, after a while, uh, people begin to understand that they are bound. Uh, they may need it. Uh, they may start off doing it because it's cool and because it's the thing to do and to be in the end crown or whether whatever the case may be. Uh, but after a while, uh, <laughs> when they find themselves standing outside of their workplace with snow dropping on top of their head, they understand then I'm bound. And, you know, <laughs> I've worked in places where they gave smokers a cigarette break, a smoke break. They, how many of you have heard of that smoke break, a death break? And I thought, now this is funny. I can't take a Bible break. You can't take a prayer break, you know, on top of the other breaks that we already get, uh, but they're giving them smoke breaks. And maybe it is because society have come to realize that this is something that people are bound by. It's so so bound that we accommodate them, you know, to get their fix. Now, does anybody understand why they give, why they would give people smoke breaks on the work at the workplace? Because they know you get fidgety. You're gonna start messing up orders. You need your fix. And so in that, you know, and I'm just using that as an example, th that people realize that they they are bound then. And, and uh, you know, uh, people don't have a problem with it as long as they're not, as long as they don't know they can't help it. Does everybody understand that? And now you can tell them, hey, you know cigarettes cause cancer? You know, you, you are literally barbecuing your lungs? I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. 
But when you tell them, but but when they find out, you know you couldn't stop if you wanted to under your own power. Now it's a problem because I'm so hard-headed. I got my own will, and I don't want I don't want to bow down to a cigarette. I'll smoke it. I don't care if it's cooking my cooking my lungs. I I don't care what it's doing to me. I don't care that it's killing me slowly. Uh, but I care when I find out I'm a slave to it. Does everybody understand that? And so in that, now, and I just have to say this, this is the reason why a lot of times when the Lord delivers people, there are certain things that he put into place. Does everybody understand that? And we have to understand that. The certain things he put into place, in other words, obedience, has to be followed. It's something that your deliverance is something that you have to participate in. If the Lord bail you out every time you decide to jump in, you have no incentive for not jumping in. If all it takes is a smack upside your forehead to undo all the junk you've been doing for years, you have no incentive not to go back to that junk. And so, sometimes the law will put stipulations. It's some things that we have to do to participate. You know, most of us, we've read that scripture that, that says, uh, where the Lord says this kind when his disciples were asking him about the young man, that the boy that was demon possessed. And they, when he was up in the Mount of Transfiguration and, and uh, he couldn't cast they, these disciples could not cast the devil out of. him, And so when he came out, uh, he cast the devil out of the boy and they asked him, why couldn't we do it? And he said, because of your unbelief, he said, how be it? This kind only goes out by fasting and prayer now. If you are not mistaken, if you are not mistaken, you will think he's talking about God's preachers. That may be a part of it. But listen, if you're the one with the cigarette in your mouth, <laughs> you ought to be fasting and praying before you get here. I ain't smoking. Does everybody understand that? So you might be you might be bound by nicotine, but you can push that plate away. You got to do something for you. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so he wasn't just saying, "Well, the, the deliverer, who I use to lay hands on, who I who I'm using to lay hands on people, that's who's got to fast and pray. That's not the only one." Does everybody understand that? All right. I hope we get it now. You know, God is not into to laziness and making lazy believers. If you want it bad enough, you ought to have it. What? How much work did Jesus Christ do when the woman came up and touched the hem of his garment? Does everybody understand that? Did he have a revelation? I need to sew this hem up tonight. Before tomorrow's service? Did he wash it before the service? 
Was he out walking around with it in the desert, swinging it around, hoping the Lord would zap it with some power because he knew this woman was coming? You know how this woman approached him? On her elbows and knees. A crowd of thousands of people, and she approached him on her elbows and knees. If I can just touch, not his forehead. If I could just, you know, while he's up preaching, if I could just get my hand, head up under his hand. No. Elbows and knees. I'm going to press in. She had some work to do. Does everybody understand that? And that work, and look at what, and what did he say when he asked, who touched me? And the woman was ashamed, and she, I guess in herself, she thought, well, I'm in trouble now. He said, because I felt virtue leave my body. In other words, power. And she came, okay, Lord, it, it was me. And he said, woman, great is your faith. What faith? Elbows and knees. You got to me in all of this? Didn't have to have a prayer meeting about it. You didn't call me and tell me what was going on with you in your life. You worked for it. Great is your faith. Does everybody understand that? Now you get a better picture of what the, what, what, what the word means when it says faith without works is what? Jesus one day was standing in somebody's house preaching. And then a piece of wood dropped on his head. He looked up, and he saw something going on. What was going on? Some people couldn't get to him. So they decided, we're going to break this man's ceiling. We're going to break through the roof, then through the ceiling. We're going to get to the Lord. Does everybody understand that? What did he tell the man? Rise up and walk. Get up off your bed and walk. And he commanded them for their faith. What faith? The work that you did to get to me. And you know it's still that way today. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? If uh, if uh, a big store, a department store like, like Walmart or something like that, if, if they say we're giving out free food, how many of you would go down and get some of that free food? No strings attached? Are they going to bring it to your house? Yeah, so healing is free. But you still got to do something to get it. Does everybody see now? The Lord don't have a delivery service. <laughs> He's not coming to your house. You come to his. In other words, you have to come by his terms. It's already paid for. What else you want? Does everybody understand that? You didn't have to die on the cross uh, for people's healings and deliverance. He's already done that. But when you're too lazy to do your part, you ain't, you ain't suffered enough. You, you ain't going through nothing just yet when you ain't on your elbows and knees. When you ain't to the point where you're going to break through somebody's roof to get to the Lord and get your healing, you ain't ready yet. You ain't, you, you ain't, you ain't done with it yet. It's it still got to work you over a little bit more, see? So let's start reading. On. We, where are we at? Second Kings, the fifth chapter. 
verse 1, it says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of, the, of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king had of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? In other words, why did you tear your clothes up? Let him come now to me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Everybody see that? So we have to think about this from this standpoint. Naaman is already a great man. And the Bible says that God used him to give deliverance unto Syria. In other words, God used him basically to, to punish Israel where they took a lot of Israelites captive. And so let's think about this man of stature. Some great man. Now we have to point this out. Naaman was a great man. but had leprosy. And God used him to deliver <laughs> Syria. And as great of a man as he was, here he is, he finds himself on the doorstep of a prophet of a nation who he has conquered of a nation who he believes he's better than. I can't go to the Syrian doctors and ask them for help. We don't even serve the God of Israel. And now here I am standing at the doorway of a prophet who's a prophet of God, of a God who I don't serve. But I tell you what, leprosy will make you do all kind of stuff. Does everybody understand that? You might have a hundred gallons of pride, but ninety of that'll be gone by the time leprosy get finished gnawing at your your limbs. 
So he humbled himself a bit, and I, that's what I'm trying to get you to see. He humbled himself a bit to go even stand at the doorway of a prophet of a nation who he had conquered. Does everybody understand that? Now, so let me submit this to you. One of the reasons why people, what, where people miss their deliverance at is pride. Does everybody understand that? that that's one way people miss their deliverance. Because you know to get delivered, you first have to come to the conclusion, I am helpless. I have done all I can do about this situation, and I need some outside help. But everybody ain't there yet. I still got a few phone calls I can make. Still got a few prayers I can send up. Does everybody understand that? And let me just say this while we're here. The last thing you want to do when you come before God is have your Rolodex of excuses of why you're in the condition you're in. It was you, just all you. Nobody helped you. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> it was all you. Your parents didn't do nothing for you to be in there. It was all you. Don't come to God with excuses. Just come to him broke. I can't do it. I'm done. Does everybody understand that? I've spent all my money, all that I'm willing to spend. <laughs> Does everybody understand? But if you got one more good idea, when you get to God, it's over. God's got to wait until you don't run out of ideas. And he's got to wait until you don't run out of excuses. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and I tell you, whatever it is we may need to be delivered from, it need to be like leprosy to us. I ain't got no fingers to pull no triggers. Got no toes to help me keep balance anymore. I'm getting ate up. You know, whatever you see leprosy in the Bible, it represents sin. Does everybody understand that? It, it, it eat away at you. Just keep chipping away. Does everybody understand? And that's the way we have to look at it. Whatever it is we're bound by, it's got to be nasty. It's got to be ugly. And you got to see the ugly of it. It, it, it can't, and it's got to be about you being delivered to be able to serve God in all of the capacity that you have. It, it can't, so it, it, since we're talking about smoking, it can't be I need to be delivered because I don't want to smell like smoke when I go around people who don't smoke. I need to be delivered from smoking because I'm spending up all my money on smoking. It, it's got to be about God. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so, here he is, Naaman standing at the door of Elisha. Verse 10, and, and verse 10 says, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go, and wash in Jordan, how many times? Seven times, and thy flesh shall come again unto, uh, come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Everybody see that? 
Now, the river Jordan, that meant a lot to the children of Israel. That was the last river they crossed before going into the promised land. The river Jordan represents the doorway to them people, to the promised land. So to them, it is very symbolic. But to Syria, that's a dirty, nasty river. The Israelites are beneath us. And any of their water that they have, you know them people, they don't have a, uh, the system we got to clean our water to make it good for drinking. That's some nasty water. Does everybody understand that? And so what am I saying? To the unbeliever, the holy things of God that it takes to get people delivered, it, it don't mean anything to them. So they can't identify with, with what that means to begin with. You could tell somebody, if they come to you want prayer, you could tell them, well, you need to go fast and pray. Well, fast and praying don't work for me. Well, you need to stop doing Well, that don't work for me. But see, it worked for me, and you're coming to me for deliverance. <laughs> so you need to believe it and do what I'm telling you to do. Does everybody understand that? You ain't got to know what the River Jordan mean to me. But if I tell you to go stick your head in it, you, you better have all you in it. <laughs> Does everybody see now? Verse 11, but Naaman was wroth. Everybody see that? He was offended. Because I done spent, I came all this way to come down to you. I've lowered my standards. You know how long it took me to work myself up to even ask you to pray for me? <laughs> Everybody see that? Did that prophet care? He didn't have leprosy. That wasn't his business. I'm telling you what it's going to take for you to get clean. I'm clean. Does everybody understand that? He was going to go on about his business and live his life. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place. Everybody see that? I want you to make a show. Make a show. Everybody understand that? Here was this thing. He already had in his mind how it was going to all happen. Look at what he says. Behold, I thought. And that's what your problem is. If your thinking was any good, you wouldn't have had leprosy. You could think your way out of it. When you come to God, you g g take your brain out of your face. Just show up willing to do whatever he tell you to do. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, uh, it was very common you know for the, our elders to tell us to do something and, and you know and we be in the process of doing it and then we do something extra because we thinking you know well this is going to work out better and then when they come and check it you know you, whether you're on your job or whether it was just old people around telling us how to do something 
And they would say, well, why did you do that? And, and if you said, well, I thought, they would say, I didn't pay you to think. You don't need, I'm telling you how to do it. You don't need to think. How many of you heard that before? You understand the concept when you got subordinates under you and you're telling them to do something and they messing stuff up because they thinking. You ain't, this is something you ain't got to think about. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Does everybody understand that? It, it could seem crude, but you know what it really is? Folks have their own will, and they don't see how your idea is going to work. So I'm going to help you in this situation. Everybody see. So look at what he says. I thought he will surely come out to me. You see the lack of reverence there? I came all this way to your doorstep. The least you could do is come out to me, meet me somewhere. And stand and call on the name of the Lord, who's God? His God. Because I don't really believe in him, see? And you see how he's showing it? And strike his hand. He, I mean, he had a whole list of stuff Elijah was supposed to do, huh? Stand. Come out meet me. Stand. You're going to stand up when I come in the room. Then you're going to go through whatever religious ceremony you got to go through to get the prayer through to God. You're going to strike your hand over my head. Does everybody see that? You think Elisha wasn't nobody's servant but God's. I'm not about to jump through hoop for you. Does everybody understand? And recover the leper. Verse 12, are not Abana and Farpar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the river waters of Israel? I want to, I want to, why didn't you tell me to dip in one of these pristine rivers? Does everybody see that? See, so he hadn't had leprosy long enough. And maybe he still had a few more toes left. May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a what? He was offended. He turned and went away in a rage. Could you imagine that? You got leprosy and you mad? Because the man of God didn't do what you wanted him to do? If he was your servant, he wouldn't be able to recover you of nothing. Does everybody see that now? Tell you, offense is the devil. One of these days, y'all gonna believe me when I say that. Offense is the devil. I preached a message uh, uh, not too long ago. <laughs> offended to death. Verse 13, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he said to thee, wash and be clean? Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. You see the mercy of God there? He almost missed his healing because of his offense. Does everybody understand that? 
So what I want you to see is this. Your deliverance always comes with you obeying the word. Always. You have to believe the word. Does everybody see that? What was the word for him? Go down to the river Jordan and dip seven times. That was the word of God for him. He had to believe that. If he had went and dipped six times, he wouldn't have been clean. If he had went and not dipped at all, just went swimming in it, he wouldn't have been clean. If he had chosen another river to go dip in, he would not have been cleaned. Does everybody understand that? If he had just got some water out of the River Jordan and took it home to his tub and, and just soaked in it, he wouldn't have been cleaned. He had to do it exactly the way the man of God told him to do it. Does everybody understand that? And he had to get over himself. By not, for not seeing that man of God. Does everybody see that? And I'm telling you, we live in a generation today, they think they ought to be able to touch everything. They, they don't reverence nothing. So I ought to be able to just touch anything. You're a servant of God. Were you, are you high-minded? No, I'm just busy. Does everybody understand that? And Elisha didn't care what he thought about it. <laughs> Does everybody understand? But you know what Naaman's problem was? What, what made him walk away in such a rage? What made him offended? You have to keep in mind what leprosy was. You know, you can look, put it in your, in your Google search. It's still people around the world today that's got leprosy. There's still people today that live in leper colonies. It eats away at people's flesh. The fingers that they had like this, it eats away to where they just got very little nubs on, on the end of their hands. And sometimes it just eats their hand away. Apparently it's contagious. So you can be around somebody and they can get it. So in the, in the, in the Bible days, when people had leprosy, they had to walk around yelling, unclean, unclean. And that was to make people scatter to get out of their way. So you see, this king, uh, this, this Naaman, the, the captain of the guard, he was living that life. He already, listen, was dealing with the spirit of rejection. Already dealing with rejection. And so when you, he humbled himself, <laughs> humbled himself, and showed up at the prophet's door, and the prophet refused to see him, what did that look like to him? Oh, so you think, I guess you just, you riding this little leprosy wave too, huh? You just like everybody else. You won't even come out to see me. Look at what he said. Let's read that. Verse 11. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and what he really wanted and strike his hand over the place. But see, to somebody with offense already already there, to somebody that's dealing with the spirit of rejection, you got leprosy. Somebody don't come out and lay hands on you. 
then to you, you feel rejected. I feel like you ain't do enough. You acting like you gonna catch what I got. No, I'm just busy. Does everybody understand that? I got a whole nation to pray for. <laughs> I got a whole nation to prophesy to. Does everybody see that now? So he felt rejected. And I'm telling you, you got to move all of that out the way. Does everybody understand that? Your need for deliverance have to outweigh all these little pity parties you want to have. It's got to outweigh all of these excuses you got for the leprosy. Does everybody understand that? So he did. So what was the word for him? Dip in the river Jordan seven times. He wasn't going to get delivered any other way. And he had to make a decision. Do I want to continue to act a fool and be offended? Or do I want to just do what this man of God is saying? You see, what people don't want is to have to participate in their own deliverance. It requires obedience. And it's just easier for the for the carnal mind to believe, well, if you just if you just lay hands on me and pray for me, then all my problems will be gone. Not if you're still disobedient. Not if you're still offended. You're going to end off worse than what you were before. That's why obedience is required. When they came to John the Baptist wanting to get saved, what did he say? Bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. Show me that you really want to live for God. Does everybody understand that? And I tell you, by the time that leprosy get finished eating you up, you'll be glad to get rid of pride. You'll do whatever it takes. You, everybody understand that? And sometimes people just ain't desperate enough because they don't they don't see the detriment of it. Does everybody understand that? Do you know that's the nature? Now I have to put it out that way. That is the nature of every drunkard and every drug addict. What keeps them hooked? The pity party. Does everybody understand that? That that's that's what keeps them hooked. The sad story. They wouldn't have a reason to get drunk out of their minds if they didn't have a sad story to drive them there. They might not have started off that way. They didn't have to start off with a pity party. They didn't have to start off with a sad story. I'm just at a party one night. I'm going to try this. But once you try it and the devil get in your system and he got you hooked, then what? Now you got to come up with an excuse of why you're in that condition. My mama didn't breastfeed me. You know, I'm saying that people, I'm telling you, I've heard that. I'd have been a better child. My mama didn't love me. She didn't breastfeed me. <laughs> Does everybody understand? 
So it, listen, that is the nature of addiction. The life it lives is a party, a pity party, not a birthday party. A pity party. The woe is me syndrome. You see, because if I make myself a victim and it, everything is woe is me, I don't have any incentive. You can't expect me to give this up. When people have mistreated me and then even now you are tired of listening to me. I'm going to go find somebody brand new to talk to. And you one more person that I'm going to talk about. I'm telling you, you can go out of your way. You can buy my house, show them love, buy my car, and you still ain't, you ain't putting gas in the car. Yeah, you bought me a little house, you bought me a little car, but what about the gas? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> That's the nature. <laughs> and after a while, you just figure out you just need to be delivered. You need to quit telling that. How many people you done told this story to already? <laughs> you just need to get over it, sir. You 60 years old. Your parents been dead for 20 years, and you still talking about some abuse? So that was Gehazi, but there was Naaman offended. And you see, did you see him throwing his pity party? Did y'all hear the pity party? I thought he was surely. Everybody see that? Listen, the first thing you have to realize before you come to God, you first off have to know he's not indebted to you. He don't owe any of us anything but hell forever. So you first have to get out, out of this off of your little high horse of thinking that God owe you something. Does everybody understand that? He's already provided salvation. And if you got to go there with no head, so be it. <laughs> Does everybody understand? At least he has given you death so that you can cross over into eternal life. Does everybody understand? But see, when you live this life of everybody owe me something and ain't nobody paying up, it's hard to get delivered by God. You see that? Because listen, you got, unlike some of us, God don't respond to brats. He'll let you sit in your little car seat and cry and whine. He'll let you do all of that. That don't move him. Does everybody understand that? He's the God of everything that was ever made. And you think you're going to move him with your whining and complaining? When God moves, grace is what he walks on. Faith is what get him to moving. And faith is always appreciative. I, I'm glad. He didn't have to do it for me. He woke me up this morning. So what? I got leprosy. At least I'm breathing. Does everybody understand that? 
All right, let's go to the 17th chapter of the book of Luke now. We're going to start reading at verse 11. says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were what? Lepers, which stood afar off. Everybody see that? You see how they had to stand? They couldn't just approach people. They had to stand afar off. So going to keep reading verse 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Everybody see that? Now, here's what I want you to see about this. You know, the Lord, he saw people sick all the time. Did y'all hear me? Most of the deliverance that the Lord Jesus Christ did were because people came to him asking for help. There were people that came to him blind, and he could see they were blind, and he still asked them, what do you want me to do for you? Does everybody understand that? So you have to get out of your mind. We have to, especially in this generation, this generation that's spoiled and bratty, You have to get out of your mind that God already knows what's wrong, and so he ought to just fix it. We don't see him doing that in the Bible. Yeah, he might know what's wrong, but the question is, do you know what's wrong? Do you know how you got there? Well, let's start there. Does everybody understand that? It don't do you no good to turn on a street and then you're on my street and you ask me for directions. And I'm going to ask you, how did you get here? You way off. So let's, let's, you walk me through how you got to this place. That's the best way I can help you. You know why? Because now I got to walk you backwards. I got to walk you back to where you got off track at. But see, people don't want to have that discussion. Just come slap your hand upside my head and zap me on the street I'm supposed to be on. Now I'm gonna tell you why it's important for you to know how you got on the street that on, on the street that you're on when you're lost. So that you don't make the wrong turns anymore. If you don't know how you got to a place, you're gonna end up back at that place. You got there through your own reasoning, whatever that may have been. And if you don't realize how you got there and what wrong turns you made, you're going to end up back there. Does everybody understand that? So before the Lord delivered people, he want to walk you through that. Does everybody understand that? You think about it. it, it if you don't believe me, just, just naturally so. That's the way things are. It's just set up in society. You go buy a house. Go try to buy a house. 
Not with your money, with the bank's money. You know what they're going to do? They're going to run your credit. They're going to want to see the journey that you've been taking, the financial journey you've taken for the last several years. Does everybody understand that? And when you go to a place that's wanting to, that, that maybe that will help you repair your credit, and I mean really help you, not folks that's just going to make it all disappear and you got to hurry up and go buy all of this junk that you don't need before it pop back on there. I'm talking about some real people that's going to really help you. You know what they're going to ask you? Make a list of all the stuff that you buy. Every penny that you spend, you put it on paper. No, no, I'm, that's just too evasive. That's right. That's just you invade my. OK, well, you ain't ready to buy a house. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> when you private, <laughs> I'm a quiet Christian. I don't feel, I don't believe in putting all my business out there. Except it's out there. Does everybody understand that? Look, look at what that, look at what we read here. Verse 13, and what? They lifted up their voices. They didn't send a note. They were not, listen, <laughs> they understood we got leprosy and people can see it. We don't care what we look like. Our passion to get free of this leprosy outweighs the embarrassment of asking for help. So they lifted up their voices. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Everybody understand that? And look at what it says, verse 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, what? Come here, let me lay hands on you. I've been fasting and praying for y'all, so I know it's going to, God's going to do something for you. Come on up here to this podium up here. Is that what he said? What did he say? Go. Does everybody see that? What is go in this sentence? The verb. What's the subject? You. What do they call that in English? What's it called? The understood. You go. Not me. I ain't got to go show myself. You go. Show yourselves unto who? Everybody see that? Does everybody understand that now? He didn't tell them nothing. That. He didn't say, y'all going, if you do that, you'll be healed. If you want, when you're walking there, you're going to be healed while you're on, the, on your way there. He told, gave them a simple command. Go show yourself to the priest. Now, in, in, in their law, in the, in the Jewish law, if anybody was healed of leprosy, they had to go show themselves to the, to the priest, to, for the priest to look them over to make sure they were clean. And then they, they, they made a sacrifice to God about it. And then they were they were pronounced clean and then they could go out and, and live in regular society. So when he's telling them, go show yourselves to the priest. He what he's saying is you're going to be healed. But he's telling them that why they still covered in leprosy. Does everybody understand that? 
So you know what they had to do? They had to believe. They couldn't just show up there. They had to be clean before they got there. Does everybody understand that? So you see how the Lord didn't, he didn't participate. He didn't tell them, you know, just come here and uh, go do, he's go show yourself to the priest. They had to believe that it was already done. Does everybody understand that? You see how it takes faith on your part? Not my faith, your faith. Everybody see that? You know, the Lord always do that. If you come to him asking for something, he want to see your faith. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's go and keep reading now. And it came to pass that as they, see that? As they went, what happened? As they, listen, after they obeyed. After they obeyed. They were standing off somewhere. The law was passing by. They yelled out to him. He said, go show yourself to the priest. They started walking to show themselves. Does everybody understand that? What would have happened if they just stayed there and said, well, I'm still, I'm not clean yet. This don't make no sense what you're telling me to do. They'd have kept that leprosy. But they obeyed what the Lord told them. Go show yourselves unto the priest. Everybody see that? And the Bible says, as they went, they might have already walked two miles. But they had to have faith where the Lord told us to go show ourselves. Listen, when you're desperate enough, you'll do whatever he tell you to do. It ain't got to make sense to you. I done tried everything else. Does everybody understand that? So when you come before the Lord for help, and asking him for help, you need to throw your common sense out the door. Get rid of that first. Does everybody understand that? Verse 15, now pay close attention now. And one of them, when he saw that he was what? Healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Everybody see that? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Everybody see? Isn't that a shame? All the works that the Lord had done for people, all of the healings that he had done. He, he said the only one that's ever actually just turned around and gave God glory and, and come to thank me about it was this stranger here. Isn't that something there? Because the rest of us are brats. See, God was supposed to do it. He's got to keep his word. God could break his word and you wouldn't know nothing about it. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Verse 19, and he said unto him, Arise, go where? Go where now? Thy, li- listen, listen closely. Thy what? Faith has made thee what? So when I was reading over this, the Lord began to deal with me about it. All ten of them were clean, only one of them was made whole. 
in today's age, all everybody wants is for God to get them out of the mess they were in. But not everybody wants to be made whole. You see the difference? Leprosy was not his only problem. He might have had some marital issues. He had some other stuff going on. God took care of all of that. You the only one that come back, but you see what the difference was? He reverenced. Reverence will make you whole. Faith will get you healed. Reverence will make you whole. Does everybody understand that? So nine of them, they gone skedaddling on about their way. All nine of them got cleansed. All ten of them got cleansed. Does everybody understand that? But they, those nine, they got what they want. Well, thank the Lord, I ain't got to deal with leprosy no more. Now I can go home and argue with this wife of mine. She can't hold leprosy over my head no more. <laughs> Does everybody see that? And all people do uh, most of the time is they focus on the one thing, the one thing. If, if God would just heal me of this, I can take care of the rest. But you know what? I, I'm telling you what I do when I go see my doctor. I ain't, I ain't advising all the rest of y'all nothing. But I'm going to tell you about me. You know, I know, Doc, I ain't just coming for my big toe. Look me all over. If I, is my insurance paying for all of this anyway? Yeah, my eye was hurting this morning when I woke up. Yeah, look, see what's going on there. If I'm, I'm going to get, if I, if I had to wait two hours to get up in this, in this waiting room, uh, you're going to check everything. <laughs> I want to be whole. Why is my back itching all the time? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> well, I'm having these thoughts. <laughs> My mama didn't breastfeed me. <laughs> I'm going to get my money's worth while I'm here. I'm only seeing you once every three months. <laughs> So that's the way we have to be with the Lord. The Lord want to make us whole. He's not just interested in healing us. So does everybody understand the difference between healing and, and being made whole? If you made whole, the leprosy ain't going to come back. I can, everybody understand? I can heal you of leprosy. But if there's some other stuff going on in your life, if that leprosy could come back, you can open up the door for it to come back. So I, I want to, in other words, being made whole means healing the whole you. Not just what have showed up as evidence in your body, but your heart, let's heal that. Your mind, let's restore that. Did everybody see that? Now, let's pay attention to what he said, verse 19. And he said unto him, arise and do what? Go thy, don't, you ain't even got to go to the priest. You ain't got to go through no, this ceremonial thing. Your faith. Does everybody understand that? And I'm trying to show you what reverence will do. You, you can bypass the natural laws. Does everybody see that now? Your faith, look at what he says. Thy faith hath made thee whole. 
Does everybody see? We know what Jesus is saying. You've accepted my whole ministry. Not just the deliverance part. You want all of me. You realize I got more to offer. I'm not just a foot doctor. When I was growing up, the old people used to call Jesus Christ a mind regulator. <laughs> How many of you remember that term? <laughs> I get a hold of those thoughts that's opening up the door for this leprosy to come in. You see that? I want to make you whole. And to me, that's what we ought to all desire. Everybody understand that? It's not just the leprosy, Lord. It's my mindset. It's my heart. Does everybody understand that? I, I want you to heal all of it. I, I had to wait in the waiting room for two hours. Oh, not to just be in here for five minutes. I, I, I you know, I, yeah, I came in for the leprosy, but my mind ain't right either. My heart ain't right either. You can, you ain't just a specialty doctor. You ain't just a leprosy doctor. You're the, you're the doctor. You're the great physician. Heal all of it. Everybody understand that? I can get all, all of this medicine in one shot. You know, unlike doctors today, they got a general doctor, then they got a heart doctor, then they got an eye doctor, and they got Jesus is all of it. He wasn't just an ears, nose, and throat doctor. He, he was all of it. Does everybody understand that? That's, that's a one that He like Walmart. One stop. <laughs> you can get all, just everything you need in one stop. You can stop and drop your car off and let us change the oil in it. Go get you some, some groceries. Go just get you some cleaning supplies. See, most of y'all don't know anything about that, but when I was growing up, there was no Super Walmart. When I, when I was young, there wasn't no Super Walmart. Does everybody understand that? You took your car to a mechanic, and then five miles down the road, you might find a Walmart somewhere. Back when I was growing up, Walmart was just a glorified Dollar General store. Oh, they might have a little juice and some crackers somewhere in the corner. And I tell you this, un unlike Walmart, Jesus got all the brands. Does everybody understand that? If some of you ever notice you can get hooked on something like, man, this is some good stuff here. I'm going to go back. And then when you go, oh, we don't sell it anymore. That's not the Lord. He's got it all. Does everybody understand that? Whatever you need, he's got it. So his reverence made him whole and that is what that is what God's word is designed to do see our problem as humans is we look at what the obvious is it was obvious this man had leprosy and we can think it's obvious I'm dealing with this deal with this Lord but I'm gonna tell you something else about God you can't tell him what order to go in Do they understand that? You can go and, and stand there in the prayer line and hand your leprosy to him. You know what he's going to do? He's going to turn you around and slap you right upside the back of your head. This is what needs to be fixed right here. 
Let's get this mind right first. Because your raggedy mind is what got you the leprosy in the first place, see? So you can't tell the Lord what order to go in. So when I'm sharing this, these types of things, I always want to, you know, like what the word says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. I always want to go with three witnesses. Because just about anybody and their mama that's got a Bible can find, can find two witnesses to support whatever lie they want to prove. You see that? And so I always try to find three witnesses out of the mouth of two or three, and I want three of them. Now, when the Lord started giving me this message, that was my prayer. Lord, give me three witnesses. And, and uh, so I've been waiting for a few days for the third witness, and, and I hadn't got it. So this morning I was praying, like, okay, Lord, if you want me to preach this message, this morning I, I, I'd like to have that third witness, you know, about obedience, how obedience brings deliverance. And he said, your, your, your third witness isn't in the Bible. Your third witness is Brother Junior. And so let me share this story with you. And I've shared it with you before. There was a day, there was a time, I want to say it was in the 60s, the late 60s, that he was struck with a disease. Uh, the name of it was North American Blastomycosis. And that disease, apparently it was a fungus and what it did was it, it eats at your flesh, kind of just like leprosy does. It makes your flesh spongy. So it changes, basically what it does is it changes the texture of your flesh to where you just about be able to just take a, a cloth full of, of flesh and just pull it off if you want to. He said in his worst condition, he could just stick his finger through all the way through his flesh and touch his bone. So now, can you, can you imagine? He had to stay wrapped up in, in bandages. There was a smell that came with that. You know, that ain't, that's not going to be a good smell when your flesh. Basically, literally his flesh was rotting on the bones. And he had that for seven years. And he had gotten down bad so bad to where he couldn't work. Uh, his... His sons had to basically change his bandages, had to clean him up when he used the bathroom, had to, you know, he was bedridden and on his deathbed. And it got to the point where he, he, had, he had told, you know, the people that knew him, I'm not going to the doctor. The Lord told me I was going to have this for seven years. So, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to the doctor. Well, a group of people who were in the neighborhood and the people that knew him, uh, they didn't know exactly what he had, and they thought, well, you could be contagious. So, And he already knew that it wasn't contagious. But they, uh, they told him, well, you can be contagious. So what they did was they all got together, signed a petition, took it to the sheriff's office, and the sheriff's department came to his house, and they told him, we can't make you go to the doctor. We can't make you go to the hospital. You're a grown man. But by law, we could take these children out of this house. And he had six children, see. And so when they said that, uh, he turned around, he looked at his wife, his wife started crying, and so he said, okay, I'll go ahead and go. So he, he got, they called the ambulance, they took him, I want to say, up to Shreveport, Louisiana, about two hours away, 
and you just have to have to had to have known the nature of Brother Junior. He said that, you know, he's about like me. He don't like loud noises. And so the whole two hour trip, they they're they're going real fast and they're blaring the uh, the sirens, you know, going fast. And he's he's got his hands over his ears and crying because he don't like all of the excitement and all of that. So he get to the hospital. And they tell him, you're on your way out of here. I don't know if we can do anything. You've waited too late, see. So he's there in the hospital, and they're trying to treat him and things like that. And it just so happened that his, the doctor that he had was an atheist, didn't believe in God. And because of that, the doctor mistreated the nurses. And so one day he said a man came in his room. After he had been in the hospital, I guess for a month or so, he said a man came in his room and told him, son, if you get up and get dressed and go home, I'll heal you. Well, see, to him it looked like a regular man. And he, he thought it was a doctor because the man was dressed in all white. So he just thought, well, the doctors, that don't make no sense. And see, you have to just understand, if you've ever been on your deathbed, you, you'll just know your thinking process is a little bit different. You, you know, if you've been in the hospital for quite a while, it just some things are happening that in your world is not really happening, if that makes any sense. So you're not able to process things the way you normally would if you were not in there. So he said the man came in his room and said, son, if you go home, I'll heal you. So he just thought it was the doctor trying to encourage him, I guess. So, you know, he just went on about his day in that hospital bed. And then he said the next morning, the man came back in there and said, son, I told you, if you get up and go home, I'll heal you. He said this time he looked down at the man's feet and the man didn't have any shoes on. The man was bare feet. So then he know this is the Lord. This ain't this ain't some doctor telling me this, trying to encourage me. This is the Lord. So that morning when his doctor came in. He told his doctor, doctor, I'm checking out today. And that doctor told him, now this is the atheist. The doctor told him, if you get up and go home, if you, if you, I could discharge you, but if you, if you do go home, you're going to die. You're not going to make it. And, and Brother Junior said, yeah, I told him, I don't care what you're saying. My master came in my room this morning and told me, if I get up and go home, he'll heal me. He called his wife, said, you come get me. You check me out of here. I'm going home. He went home just as sick as what he was. He laid in his bed for seven days. He was right just exactly where he was before he went to the hospital. Still sick, still bedridden. Seven days. Then he said one day, that seventh day, he saw a light come through his door. Just a little ball of light just floating through the air. He knew it was the Lord. Everybody see that? Everybody understand that? Laying on his deathbed in his room, he saw a light coming through the door about this big, just floating towards him. It was suspended several feet up in there. You know what he did? He said, I reached up and stuck my finger in it. He said, when I stuck my finger in it, I felt the power of God. I got up and went outside. Something he wasn't able to do on his own. Does everybody see that? Everybody understand what I'm saying? He reached up and grabbed his healing. 
That light might stay there for another week. No, I'm going to reach up. You, you get close enough, I'm going to touch it. Does everybody understand that? After the Lord healed him, he went out there and sat on, 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 he said, I went out and sat in, you know, it's a funny thing what deathbeds will do to you. When you've been in the hospital and you haven't, you're just not used to living like regular life, you go outside, all of a sudden, the sunlight is God. The grass is God. It, it's, it's green. It's, look at all of God's creation. You see, it'll make you appreciate what God does in this earth. Does everybody understand that? And he said people were passing by his house wondering who he was because they hadn't seen him in years. He had been sick, and then he had lost all of that weight. And they would say, Junior, is that you? Yes, me. So he was just basking in that, just in, enjoying the creation of God. But then the Lord told him to do something. Now, get up. Go show yourself to this doctor. You know that doctor got saved? <laughs> so everybody understand now? Son, if you get up and go home, I will heal you. Does everybody understand that? Not just lay up in this bed and expect me to send somebody up here to pray for you. You get up and go home. He's at home for a week before the Lord came to him in the form of a light. Does everybody understand that? Now, he had one of two things he could have done. He could have been better. Well, you told me if I get him gone, it's been six days already. Then, oh, I, I must have missed the Lord. Let me get on, get on back. That wasn't the Lord. Let me get back up and go back to this hospital. And when the Lord came floating through within this ball of light, he didn't wait on the Lord to get to him. Does everybody understand that? He didn't wait to see what all was going to happen. Okay, Lord, you want to talk to me today? No, I, you told me if I get up and go home, you're going to heal me. I'm going to reach up and grab my healing. I'm going to do something extra. You didn't tell me to reach up and do it. I'm going to do it by faith. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you, we have to be obedient. Does everybody understand that? Listen, because your deliverance is, is not just about you. That's one of the things you have to realize. It ain't just about you. When God does something, it ain't just about for you and your own little world. I know you like to think that. But it ain't just about you. Somebody else know what condition you're in. Somebody need to be helped. They need to know you are bad off. If God did it for you, he can do this for me, you see that. But we have to be obedient. D the Lord Jesus Christ can deliver the whole world with the snap of his finger. But how much of that world is going to obey him afterwards? Everybody understand that? You obey before you get delivered, you, you'll stay there afterwards. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, you'll stay there afterwards. I'm going to tell you something else, too. God always want to make sure you're tired of what you need to be delivered from. Does everybody understand?
so there is no set pattern for deliverance. And I'm glad God got it set that way. One leper had to go dip himself seven times in the River Jordan. These lepers, they had to just go show themselves to the priest. Does everybody understand that? One thing you're not going to do with God is box him in a corner. God, you, God is always switching things around because he want to know who really has a heart for him. Does everybody understand that? You will never know exactly what God wants you to do until you get to that man of God. Does everybody understand that? Th those ten lepers, they didn't say, well, why didn't you tell us to go dip in the river Jordan like your prophet did back in the old covenant? Well, we're going to do whatever you tell us to do because we know you're God and you can do however you want to do it, God. See, when you got argument with your leprosy, you ain't tired of it yet. Does everybody understand that? And I'm going to tell you about me. I've lived long enough. This is just my, my thing. I've lived long enough that I ain't got to be, my face ain't got to be in the dirt to know it's on the way down to the dirt. Does everybody understand that? Every, my whole world, in other words, don't have to fall apart before I reach up and grab God somewhere. So my prayer is that as we are hearing God's word, as it, we will obey that word. Does everybody understand that? When, listen, let me make this clear. If you disobey anything that you know to do, you make God's deliverance null and void in your life. When you disobey one thing, you cannot, with reverence, come before the Lord and ask for help. When you know you have things in your life that God is not pleased with, that, listen, that's under your power to change. Does everybody understand that? There is no replacement for obedience. You first of all have to have a made up mind to go all the way with Jesus Christ. Does everybody understand that? There is no, no, God has not zapped one person in this world and just made them obedient agents. Obedience is a decision. It, God don't tune nobody's clock in the back of their back and make them just program them to obey. The Bible says we are led by the Spirit of God. Does everybody understand what that means, to be led? That means that Holy Spirit is walking in front of me and I have to make a choice to walk behind him. I'm led by him. But at any moment when I, I feel like it, I could duck off to the right or to the left. Does everybody see that now? So obedience is never automatic. I, I have to make a decision to be obedient. And, and that's going to mean there might be some things I don't understand. But you know what? I have to make up my mind. God knows better than me. 
He ain't got to give me a reason of why he told me to do what he told me to do. Brother Junior didn't ask the Lord any questions. When the Lord came and told him that second time, son, if you go home, I'll heal you. He didn't ask the Lord any questions. He didn't ask the Lord, why can't you heal me here? Why don't you just heal me here? Does anybody know why the Lord told Brother Junior to go home? If you go home, I'll heal you. Because he didn't want them atheist doctors to know they had and to think they had anything to do with Brother Junior being healed. He, they told Brother Junior, if you go home, you are a dead man. Except a month later, I'm going to come and show you how I'm made whole. He wanted them to know there was a God in Louisiana. And it had nothing to do with these bandages and this medication. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? So, but you see how we'll miss the blessings of God when we question it. Why you didn't do it this way? Why you didn't do it this way? Listen. <laughs> God don't do anything on our terms. Does everybody understand that? God is not a genie and he's definitely not bottled up. My prayer is that we'll hear what the Lord was saying this morning. First thing to do before we come to the Lord to be delivered or whatever, because you'd be surprised. And, and this is, and this is, we'll say this, and then we'll end it. You'd be surprised. You might not think one thing has to do with the other. If the Lord told you, don't you ever eat cornflakes again in your life, ever. You may think, well, that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. And, and then you can think, well, you know what? You can backslide and say, well, you know what, brother, Bowden eating cornflakes. I'm going to eat some cornflakes. But then the next thing you know, all of a sudden now, you're getting these urges to start smoking. And, and then you'll come to me, Brother Bowden, when you pray for me, are you, brother, are you obeying everything the Lord told you to do? Well, now I got them cornflakes. Well, you get rid of those. Then you'll stop being tempted with the smoking. What does cornflakes have to do? Nothing. The devil just needs for you to disobey God. That's all. One thing ain't ha don't have to have anything to do with the other. They can be across the world from each other. But you just disobey God and see how that devil fly over here. He'll make you know there's a devil in Tennessee. A second ago, <laughs> he was in China. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And I believe this is the mistake that a lot of people make. This ain't got nothing to do with that. I can disobey a little bit over here, and then God's still going to know. You got to obey. You go and do your checklist. And, and don't, try to, don't try to say what somebody else is doing. Well, they can do it, and they can still go to heaven. Ain't nobody. What does that have to do with you? You the one with the leprosy. Does everybody understand? And my prayer is that we'll really believe it this morning. We have to obey what we know to do. Does everybody understand that? There's no way around it. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this word that you spoke to us today.
thank you, Lord, for blessing us, Lord, to hear what you had to say. And God, we ask that you will help us to receive what you said, Lord. To know that our deliverance comes through our obedience. Lord, give us a heart to obey. Even when we don't see the benefits, Lord. Help us to obey what you've told us. Lord, we know that your word is not a lie. That you are a healer and that you are a deliverer, Lord. And that it's not in your will for us to be bound to anything in this world. And so, Lord, we ask that you will reveal to us what doors have we opened that we need to close. What doors have we closed that we need to open? Help us, Lord, to get out of the way so that you can finish the work in us, Lord, so that you can be glorified. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right.